Hey legends, Fraser Brooks here with the Network Marketing Ninja podcast, the podcast where we share all things network marketing, social media, branding, leadership, mindset, and the occasional interviews with rising stars and network marketing legends. Fasten the belt, get ready, get excited, hit that subscribe button because we're going to get ready for the next episode coming up now. Hey, 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 legends. Fraser Brooks here with the Network Marketing Ninja podcast, episode 156, I think. And today I'm joined by an extra special guest, Mr. Matt Hall. Matt, how are you doing? Fantastic. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> Mate, it's so awesome to, to, to have you on here. So Matt and I have recently become uh, friends. Um, I was kind of like reaching out and, and asking different people in different places who do you know who has a really cool story in the network marketing space? And, you know, you, when you do that, you kind of make the post. And then about five minutes after you think, ah, I probably shouldn't have done that. Because you get loads of people saying, I have a really cool story. Like, I've been in network marketing for six weeks and being able to do this. And it, it, sometimes it's a good idea, sometimes not. But a really good friend of mine who I, I've been able to hang about, hang out, out with around the world is a guy called Kyle, based in the, in the US. Me and Svetlana think he's amazing. And he reached out privately. He wasn't in the feed, wasn't in the post. He reached out privately and said, if you haven't had Matt and you haven't connected with Matt yet, you have to do it. Um, he He's awesome. And... So we had to get you on, mate. And I've only recently found out that you spent a couple of years in the UK, which gives you bonus points. That's cool, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, so, it, yeah. <laughs> mate, no, I, I, I'm sorry, mate. So um, what I think the best place to start is in order for us to get, in order for the audience to get to know you a little bit better, not perfectly, but a little bit better, I would love to ask you some quick fire questions if you're cool with that. Beautiful. Let's do it. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. So pizza or pasta? Uh, good quality or bad quality? <laughs> <laughs> like if it's bad quality, I'd say pizza. If it's great quality, I'd say pasta. Good answer, you know, because it's so it's so true. Like if you go to Italy, just order pasta wherever you go. Like it's so freaking good. But if the, the further south you go in Italy, start to consider the pizza option as well because the pizza is yeah. like extra special there um we, all right we have a, one of our main leaders is actually in the northern part of italy so oh. spend some time there <laughs> there you go pasta in the north right <laughs> pizza yeah. in the south <laughs> no they're, they're, they're amazing so great shout out to our italian fans uh and and listeners so um all right flip-flops or sneakers flip-flops oh beach or city beach Ah, oh, you're, you're, you're my man, right? You're my man. Um, so, all right. Um, living in the UK or living in the US? Oh, uh, living in the US, but traveling to the UK. Oh, this dude. Right, you're going to hear his story in a minute. You'll probably be able to figure out how he's got to where he's got to. I like it. I like it. Um, reading, when it comes to personal development, reading, listening, or watching? Okay, I'm, I am... I'm a hardcore audio person. So for me, it's podcasts and audiobooks all day long. I, I don't honestly remember the last time I picked up a physical book, which is, you know, a weakness, but, you know, because they say it's you can absorb it better maybe. But for me, audio is the way that I I uh, transform. So, well, I mean, 
Yes, but if you take the, the, the whole idea is clarity, right? And if you take the word, what the word clarity comes from is the word clear. Now, mm. clear we associate is you can see through the water, it's clear. I can see through the mud, it's clear. But the last three letters of the word clear is E-A-R, which mm. is ear. So, hey, I think listening is just as good as, as reading. I think you can listen to a book three times. Reading a book three times has got to be a really good book. So with that, do you spend more time listening to podcasts or listening to audiobooks? Uh, podcasts, uh, typically, traditionally. But the last the last three weeks, I've been on an audiobook binge of Ayn Rand. And so I've just been, uh, I've been listening to tons of audio, so... You've been deep diving because you can get you can get like really deep into that. Uh, it's all good, bro. All right, man. So hey, I, again, I appreciate you you taking some time out of your busy day. You just come off a a huge convention week as well. How many people were at the at that convention? You know, this year was this year was a lot smaller. Um, typically, we have about thirty five thousand people. Um, but this year was only nine thousand, so it was it nine. was a lot smaller. And a lot of our team is international and they couldn't, they couldn't come in. So for me, it was one of those like more relaxed conventions where I could absorb more. And so it was good. And how, how did, how did it feel? How did it feel like being able to give someone like a high five or like a fist pump or. So beautiful. So amazing. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm like such an in-person contact person. And so, yeah. yeah, it was, it was fantastic. And I hope that we can do it more and more and more. I hope that, the world will permit it. So let's hope, brother. Let's hope. Well, hey, you guys are leading the way to to see if it's going to be something that that can be sustained. But I think I think will be good. So, hey, let you were telling me obviously like a couple of minutes before we kind of pressed the record here a little bit about your story. We didn't go into it too much. So I would love, 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 love for you to share with the guys more about your story, more about your story of where you were before network marketing, how you found network marketing, and kind of what's happened over the last you know, nine years since you kind of been in this game? Yeah, sure. So um, my wife, at the time that we discovered network marketing, uh, prior to that, my wife was actually living for a year and a half doing a service mission for our church in Taiwan. So my, my, my wife speaks Mandarin. Whoa. And um, she, she was struggling emotionally, looking for some support, and someone, you know, recommended some products to her. And she just used our company's products for over a year before you know ever realizing there was a business and then when she moved back to the states she found out that that company was headquartered here in utah where we're from and so she actually went to the company to see if she could get a job at the company because the products had had impacted her life so deeply that's mad Uh, yeah and they weren't hiring at the time but they said listen you can go and become a distributor and so we started hunting for uplines trying to find like who can sign us up who can sign us up right um, and that's just a testament to the products in our industry, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and then we ended up getting connected with a couple through my father-in-law, um, who are top performers in the industry, have made tens of millions of dollars, mm-hmm. and um, and they became our mentors. And then from there, you know, we just started started sharing. And and I always say our story is not the story that you tell to recruit someone into mm-hmm. network marketing. It's the story that you tell to people who are already in it to give them the hope to keep going. Perfect. We were, yeah, we weren't an overnight success. Um, uh, so I can go in a, li- a little bit to the details, but just to summarize, you know, 10 months, our first 10 months, our first month we went out of the gate running, had a huge belief in the products. And so we hit kind of our company's core rank, right? Which you can do kind of based on your own production. 
but then to go past that rank, you need to be building a team. And so we spent 10 months at that rank. Uh, six of those months, we moved to Hong Kong because we found out that Hong Kong was opening and we were like, wow, we want to build a team there. Miserable failure. Um, I was busking on the streets to have money to, to pay for our dinner, you know, playing guitar on the streets. And, and so that was our first 10 months. And then after that, we were able to figure some things out, rapidly progress to, you know, about 5,000 a month in income. Um, and then we stayed at that specific rank for four years and, uh, and sometimes not requalifying, right? Dropping in rank. And then after those four years, we were able to progress to, you know, six figures, multiple six figures and beyond within just a couple of years. So, um, yeah, so long-term success, right? <laughs> wait, wait, I, and I may, I, I love it. So when you, when you were at this five grand a month mark, yeah. In the US, and again, it's different. So if you're in the UK, that's like probably like three and a half to three and a half thousand pounds there or thereabouts. Sure. Is it enough for you to maybe lose a bit of like hunger and desire? Is it is it is it a level that makes you kind of think like, well, you know, we're kind of we're doing all right. We can wake up when we want, we can kind of do what we want. Or is it still a level that where you're like, let's go, we need to keep going, we need to keep going, like we're, we're going to make it sometime, we're going to make it sometime? Yeah, good question. So I think for most people, it is like that's a comfortable place to be. For mm. us, my wife and I have always been very, very ambitious. So for us, it was agonizing. Like we were yeah. working our faces off for those four years and just losing people, right? And trying mm. to rebuild legs, rebuild teams. Uh, and so for us, it, we didn't, it wasn't a, a matter of falling into comfort. We were definitely doing the wrong, wrong activities and kind of fell into management mode instead of personal production. Um, but, but yeah, we were, we were very ambitious. And so, but yeah, most people, they get to that point and I think they can just sit. We were making, you know, the equivalent of a full-time income of what most families make in the U S so, mm -hmm. yeah. And, and when you, when you went to Hong Kong, was the idea that you were going to help the company launch Hong Kong and then that would be the gateway into the different Asian markets for you? And like, did you, was, and you had no list. It was just kind of get on a plane and just see what happens. My mom, my mom, random fact, my mom used to live in Hong Kong. Uh, she doesn't obviously now, but like she used to, but like, was that, was that a thought process? Like I'm going to be, we're going to be the first in this market. We're going to have the biggest team in this market. And you know, we're going to make millions of dollars from this market. Part, yeah, partly. So when we got started, my wife, obviously, she had she had lived in China. Uh, she had lived in Taiwan, um, speaks Mandarin. And so she has a love for the Asian culture. Mm. And then I, at the same period when she was living in Asia, I was living in Brazil, where now we have a massive, massive organization. Mm -hmm. And so um, our goal from the first day we signed up is we wanted to have a third of our business in Asia, a third of our business in the States and a third of our business in South America. And that was just our vision from the beginning because of the love we had for those cultures. And mm -hmm. we wanted to be doing international business. We're addicted to travel. And, and so that's kind of, that's kind of mm -hmm. where that came from. Um, and I mean, Brazil has become 80% of our business now. Uh, so we're, we're out of balance, right? <laughs> in terms of our <laughs> Cool. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun. And that was always one of our big intentions. So, so, so question around the Brazilian market, because I, I mean, I have a lot of, I have a lot of friends in Portugal. I know the language is, is, is different. It's a different variety of, of language, but yeah, the average income in Brazil, the average like annual income in Brazil, to my understanding is, is, is low. 
it's not like it's not like a, a European income. It's not like a UK or a, an American income. It, it's roughly low. So when, and do you know what that number is? Do you know what roughly what yeah, that it's kind about of three hundred US dollars per month in in monthly income? So you know we've been able to lift literally thousands of people out of poverty. And even our teams outside, like we have a massive organization in Japan, but it's the factory workers in Japan. We have a huge team in the Philippines and India now. Um, and so we, we work in a lot of really low income environments. And, and, and it's funny for those of you who guys who don't know my story, like the big, the big, the big organization that I had was in Kazakhstan, $250, $300 a month. And I think what, what you, the way you answered that question was a big bingo or realization for a lot, should be a big bingo or realization for a lot of you. It's not, yeah, but they won't be able to afford it. Like they're making three, it's, hang on a minute, they can go full time very, very quickly. So uh, I would love to ask you more about, about this because I think a lot of people, they think that they need to find the people with the money who are going to spend two, $300 a month on their products my my kind of the way I was thinking is there was people who were joining the opportunity on a Thursday night and then calling their boss on a Friday going, I'm just going to be going full time in this opportunity because I can make three, four, five hundred dollars a month working from home with, you know, getting a couple of sales a month. Has that been your experience in those markets as people kind of transition into full time relatively quickly because they just see the opportunity to make a lot of money? Yeah, yeah. Once you get people to, you know, like you were saying, four, four or five hundred US dollars a month, mm -hmm. they're like, they're doing awesome. They're they're yeah. excited and they're all in. And they're like, how can like if I could get to a thousand or two thousand dollars a month, mm -hmm. it's totally life transforming. And and here in the US, we have big teams here as well. But you know, if you get someone to five hundred or or a thousand dollars a month, it's great. Mm -hmm. It's gonna transform their life. They can go on the extra vacation, they can, you know, have a lot of luxuries. But, uh, but it's a different level of hunger. And yeah, it's been super rewarding for me. Like I've, I've had experiences in, I had an experience in Bahia, Brazil, where a woman, she, she came in front of me and she said, look, because of this opportunity, I've been able to get my kids off of a dirt floor. And, <sighs> and now, I, now I, that was my dream. My dream was to have tile in my home and now I have to dream bigger. And to have those kinds of experiences, it's, it's just mm -hmm. so emotional and, and it's so rewarding. It's, it's the, I think it's the moment I wish that everyone could have in the network marketing space because you do not ever quit that, but it's reserved for the people who put other people first. Uh, and I think it's a big switch. We go from thinking about ourselves to make that extra money. Then we got to think about others to help them make the extra money. Then we think about the overall mission of how we, how we can serve, you know, the, the masses. So Question about Brazil. How long ago? So you're nine years into 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 your career with, with this company and this this industry. How like how long ago did you start your Brazilian team? Uh, about six years ago. About six years ago is when mm -hmm. we we started, and that was because we knew that the company was looking at the market. So we started building there three years before they opened the market. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was on, we were a little bit too early. Like we've lost tens of thousands of dollars in product <sighs> customs and that's been incinerated. And, you know, we've had lots of challenges in opening new markets. Um, <laughs> and we've had people go to jail on our team, like <laughs> so, not, not like real jail, but like, right, 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 right. Punishment. Anyway. Yeah. But so, so yeah, we about six years ago is when we started that, and it was very very slow for the first few years. 
Mm-hmm. So, and um, what what do you feel was the breaking point? Like, because obviously, and and let I'm just going to guess. I'll ask this question: the you generated the people in the team because you used to live there, or yeah. or was it like you? Okay, so the people who who joined your business were people who you knew when you were living in Brazil. Sure. Yes. Yes. And some of the biggest leaders that I attracted were also through YouTube. So we started during those four years that we were stagnant at a, a specific rank. I started to just experiment with tons of online strategies and reinvent myself completely because we had built exclusively offline to that point. And so, you know, most of the people that I met in Brazil that I prospected first, uh, a couple of them have have done well, but most of the people have been through through online strategies that came about as we were working and focused in that market. So, and we spent five years, or I'd say four years exclusively focused in Brazil. Um, and you know, just the last year and year and a half, we've been building in some other markets as well. So, and what, what do you think was the break? What do you think was the breakthrough moment in Brazil? Like, cause you know, it, a lot of markets that you can build, you know, it, they can kind of just, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there, five people join, four people leave, 20 people join, 18 people leave, you know, it, it's very much, you know, you've got an, a, a leaky bucket, a bucket with a load of holes in it. So what was, where did you think the breakthrough was? where it just exploded. Yeah, when I when I and a lot of people have the desire to build in other markets and you can do a lot online, but mm-hmm. a lot changes when you also go in person. And so I, I do both. Um, but one of the biggest breakthroughs is I went down multiple times back to back months for 10 days and I hit 10 different capitals, like 10 different states. And we would do I would do these circuits. Um, and in those trainings, we would do blitzes, we would do the work together, right? So a lot of times trainings are like motivation, uh, blah, blah, blah. But these trainings were like, let's contact people together and get other people to host, you know, what we call classes or home events. Um, and we scheduled in every single city, we scheduled 100 different home events for the people who were already in the business or more. And so we had a 1000 events scheduled you know, from a 10 day blitz that I did across the country. So, so those, those back-to-back tours created massive, massive momentum. Yeah. But it, I think also, cause you and me are very similar with this mate. Like, cause I, I like the whole, you know, people go to a big events for the wow, but they do the smaller events for the how, right. Uh, and if you can, one thing I think is the benefit of that is not just getting them to do the work, but if they see you do it and they all do it together, when you're not there, yeah. they can do it without you. And is that what happened when you then left uh, Rio de Janeiro? Rio de Janeiro, again, there's one of the cities, right? Yeah. Rio de Janeiro, Sao Paulo. They're the two that I, they're probably two that people, most people know. So yeah. you're in Rio de Janeiro. You do these like 100 like blitz session events. Everyone's like, boom, 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 boom. You then go from Rio de Janeiro to Sao Paulo, and you wave to Ronaldo as the, the real, the proper Ronaldo, not Cristiano Ronaldo. You wave to Ronaldo while she kind of like driving past him, whatever. Um, are they then, do, if you, did, when you were not there, did you notice the business kind of go back a gear? Or did you realize, whoa, hang on, like these guys are doing this without me now? Yeah, no, no. And, and you know, syst- I, I'm a huge believer in, in systems. And so systems is kind of we established a culture of specific systems and strategies and blitzes and et cetera, um, that that when you leave, then people can plug into that that model. And so 
uh, it really duplicated, it's really duplicated well. Uh, obviously you can become too systems heavy where then people don't develop their leadership. And I see that a lot where people, because if you, if you only promote a system, then what will people blame when they don't have success? They're going to blame the system, right? right? So you have to have the development of skills as well. But uh, we, we were able to do that quickly and, and create the duplication that didn't, it didn't slow mm -hmm. down. No. Yeah. It's amazing. It, 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 it really, really is. And I, I think it's, I think it's great that you have 80% of your organi organization in, in Brazil. Do you go, I mean, let's take COVID out of the way, but do you, did you try before COVID, were you going there often? Were you going there once a year, twice a year, every week, every three days? Have you moved there? Like, do you live in Brazil right now? Like, you know, what, what, what how's that look? Cause some people are thinking, I can't go away for 10 days. I mean, you've got to do, you've got to sacrifice a little bit of time away from what you like to get what you really love long-term, right? But how, how, does, how has that looked when you get on the ground there? Yeah, so during the initial, the initial year, I, I, was a, I was there for 10 days, probably every two or three months. And so that was, you know, it was a lot, but it was, and we weren't making great money at the time. We were investing yeah. a lot of it back into our business. Mm -hmm. um, but then, then we did a lot virtually as well. And then we have gone there twice as a family to stay for three months. Uh, and we, we did one of those times this year, even during the pandemic. Um, and we did, you know, just smaller events and, and did a lot of traveling as a family as well. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what it looked like. So no, it's amazing. So one thing I'm really cur curious to know then is obviously your resilience is is astounding to be able to last that long. If you were making like one or $2,000 a month for four years, it, it might've been a little bit of a different story, right? But you kept, kept going. But when you're trying to build an organization that's going to pay you and your future families, 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 you, yes, systems is a big part of it, but leadership, as you touched on before, is, is just fundamental. How do you, how have you been able to build strong leadership when there's different languages, time zones, cultures, uh, you know, uh, income brackets. Like, uh, how, have you, how have you been able to do that? Because it, building internationally is not easy. And it's not something we talk about on this podcast very often because not many people have actually managed to do it successfully. So what have been your hacks, secrets, tips, strategies, for you to be able to do that. And I know we're limited on time, right? We, we, we haven't got a three-day seminar where you're going to be able to masterclass it. But in essence, what, what have been some of the things that have helped you? Yeah, good question. So, and and just to emphasize the, the importance of this point, to me, you, you do not have freedom in your business until you have independent leaders, right? Mm -hmm. Leaders who, uh, no matter what happens to you, they are committed to the, the vision and they don't need you. And so we have now, you know, over a hundred six-figure income earners on our team, and all of them are are very, very independent of me, right? Some people mm -hmm. want to control the culture where it's, you know, no, I, I want to be the focus. I want to be the focus because I want to. It's, you know, it's my team, <laughs> and then and then and that's just it's just a weak posture to have, right? And so. The first, the first tip I'll give is the very first conversation I have with anybody who decides they want to build a business with me is I sit down and say, hey, and I don't remember where I learned this, but someone great, I don't know, one of the greats, maybe it was from you, <laughs> Razor, uh, but it was, uh, it's, hey, my goal for you is that you become independent of me as fast as possible. Do you agree that that's a good idea? 
right? And that's my first question. And if they say no, then we realign the expectations to show them, look, you're gonna be limited if you're dependent on me on what you can achieve. So if you're okay with that, then that's fine. But if you want to change your life, you have to commit to independence. Mm-hmm. And so we, the first thing is creating that, having that crucial conversation day one, and then mapping out a plan for what that looks like. So for us, that looks like if we're doing online events with someone on Zoom, the first event, I'm gonna teach everything. The second event, they're gonna do half. The third event, I'm gonna be there to help with the close. And the fourth event, they're on their own. I will not come, I will not show up, but they have to have it on their schedule and provide proof to me that they did it on their own. And mm-hmm. if someone's not willing to do these small assignments to at the beginning to, to step into their power and their independence, then, then it's they're gonna get less of me in the process of building. We'll plug them into our groups, we'll plug them into the system, but they're gonna get less of my, my direct mentorship, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing I'd say is, is just establishing that priority from the beginning. And then and then there's all there's lots of little things you do along the way. Um, I'm a big believer in, in weekly mentorship with the people that you're that are like your direct qualifiers or the people that are new in the business for mm-hmm. a season. Um, and during that mentorship, we talk about you know, a lot, a lot of leadership principles and help them endure. That's the reason we were able to survive at 10 months at that beginning rank of our business when we had the goal to become a six figure earner in a year is because we had a mentor who was constantly breathing belief into us that we didn't have at that stage. And so um, I would say weekly mentorship is the second thing. And then the third thing is a culture of, of um, a, a good way to create leadership is the way you treat each month. And so I learned something from Todd Falcone a long time ago about mm-hmm. how to how to drive your team at the end of the month and get a, a lot of people moving and doing a little bit. And we have a crazy end of month culture where we bring in half of our volume just the last week of the month and we do millions and millions of volume in a month, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, that's the the another, you know, thing that I teach a lot is, you know, you you reach down to the depth and get get help your leaders to encourage the newest person to reach that smallest rank and make a huge deal of each small rank. So many people, they just focus on the big ranks, but we, we get down to the smallest rank and do huge recognition. People do like parties where they're inviting all their friends when they create $500 in volume, right? Like, so, um, and then creating that culture as a team of lifting each other develops mm-hmm. leadership long-term. So those are a couple of things that we do. No, I, and I love it, man. I love that you 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 touched on that. So I would I just like to go back to some of the things. So I think setting the assignments to earn your mentorship is absolutely fundamental. I think so many people they celebrate their new sign up because they get a twenty dollar fast start bonus or a fifty dollar recruiter bonus or whatever. They're like, yes, and then that person quits three weeks later because they realize what's involved, and they're like, no, oh, and they're so gutted because they've celebrated way too early. It's like celebrating scoring a goal when you're awarded a penalty because you can still miss or it can still be saved. Uh, I mean, you, you lived in the UK for a little bit. So, you know, football, soccer, you, you, yeah. you get it, right? Yeah. You get it. Um, one thing that I, I, I did and I recently shared with Jessie Lee Ward um, and she started doing it, it, it is something called The Lab. A Lab is a, le- a leadership advisory board, which um, is weekly mentorship, you know, top producers, two spots for the, you know, the kind of the, 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 the rising stars as well. So you can pour into the people who are producing. But I do, as you said, I think it is also important that there's a weekly mentorship if you personally recruited them. 
or you you personally mentor them as well? Because I think it's when it comes to people, like you, you, your story is you looked for an upline. So if you found someone who said, you're going to have weekly mentorship calls with me in a group, I'm like, well, you do that. She doesn't do that. Like, I, I'm in with Matt. Like, Matt, Matt's the guy. And I also think you, you're so right. Like, when I got my first commission of $18, I celebrated and I screamed the roof off the house. Whereas when I hit a big rank, I was like, get in. But I did not celebrate anywhere near as the $18 commission. And I think as well, when when the big leaders get all the recognition, some people start to think, oh, it's all right for them. They're going to get the And they're walking across the stage going like, yeah, I've done it again. Look at me. Whereas the little dude is just absolutely begging for it. So, mate, I, I, absolutely, I absolutely love that, 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 that you're at where you're at. Um, so, okay. You went from you went from zero, and you know you're making a few hundred dollars, you're making a few thousand dollars, you're making five thousand dollars for such a long period of time. What do you feel? Because then you went, you had a six figure income, and when you were at five grand a month, was the mindset always we've got to get to six figure income, we've got to get to six figure income, we've got to get to six figure income, or did you have honestly, did you have the mindset of we're going to be seven figure income earners in this in this business? The, the goal the goal has always been to be seven figure income earners and the goal is to be seven figures a month like we yeah. we we um, have from day one we have wanted to do massive massive things and and at the same time it's funny when you look at our story you know it took us seven years to get the, to the top rank in our company um, and so it, it hasn't been overnight you have to have that patience through the process and there's going to be ups and downs and plateaus sometimes for years but if you just keep going there's no way that you fail right um so yeah we've we've always had that that vision of of long-term big success and it's been agonizing at times you know for for multiple years at a time like what are we doing wrong right like and uh and obviously you you can't just you know spend years doing the same thing you should you should reinvent yourself if you're not getting the results that you desire Mm -hmm. uh, but we did that many times and and so we started at 22 now we're 31 and and uh yeah so it's it's been it's been an awesome journey i think though mate your story you you guys have followed i have to explain this for the people who, who are listening but they often say that your income is your income levels is a reflection of the skill and the skill, desire, hunger that you that you have when you kind of put it all together, mainly skill. And you've probably been below that line for quite a lot of time. And the gap between your where you were at and where you should be was so big that a lot of people would have quit, even when they were making like comfortable, right? We'll put it in in kind of quotes, um, comfortable money. However, you're now at the level where you should be because you just kept learning, you kept growing, you kept doing. And before we started this, I said, I said to Matt, what's your, what's your, what's your strength? What's your superpower? And he, you know, humility was like, well, probably resilience. All right. Probably, probably resilience. And mate, I, I think, I think you're, you're incredible. Um, I wish that these podcast interviews lasted an hour because I could go so, so much more deeper. The last thing that I'd love to ask you though, mate, is, what do you feel was the tipping point? Because now you're at where you're at. You've had an you're coming off the back of an incredible month. The month you've just had is a lot more than the months that you were stuck at for such a long time. Yeah. Was there a moment or was there like something that you felt where you just went, whoa, our volume was this 
And now it's this. Did COVID play a part of it? Did COVID kind of put a rocket up someone's backsides? Did did a leader come on? Did someone just realize I've just got to do this now? Was it you guys? Was it someone in the team? Like, what do you feel was that point where it just went from you know the the, the good six figure months to the bang? We've uh, we've rocketed up. Yeah. So um, we COVID was fantastic uh, in terms of of growth for our organization. We we quadrupled our volume and we were already seven figure volume, right? And so we quadrupled our volume as a team uh, during during the last, you know, over these last, you know, two years. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, that, and and a lot of that came from shifting, shifting a lot of our strategies to online. I was already doing a lot online personally, but our team was still very much in person. And so, you know, I, I, I'm going to give you some of the credit, <laughs> Fraser, because we have so many team members who plug into your trainings, who plug into the content you've created and have learned, they've reinvented themselves. And I think the online shift has just accelerated everyone in our profession. And it's also made it a lot easier for the new person joining to get some, to get some quick wins as they, they adopt some of these, these online strategies. So I, I think that has been a big shift has been we already had a lot of people doing a lot online, but to go 100% online, uh, it, it really accelerated our rate. And it also, there's so many people right now who need opportunity. They're, they're hungry and they need, uh, they need solutions, right? Uh, whether it's physical, emotional, financial, and we have you know, tools to offer all of those solutions. So mm-hmm. uh, stepping up and being a bold voice in a time with so much turbulence and confusion has helped our team to really, really serve a lot of people. It's amazing, mate. And I, I, I think I think that the online game is great. I, but you mentioned it kind of towards the beginning. If you can get the combination between online and offline, like really nailed, you're going to win. If it's too heavy, right? If it's too heavy one way, it, it, it's bad. Uh, I like to think of the catfishes, right? All online, 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 online. Can we meet up? Um... Uh, no, you're exposed. Like, ah, belief levels drop. You don't go to events. You don't see the bigger picture. The same if you go online, online, oh, sorry, offline, 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 offline. You then see someone who's a 21-year-old, someone like woman who loves Instagram. They haven't left the house and never done an offline meeting, blows up, skyrockets past you. It can be frustrating. So getting the combination, meeting someone online and connecting with them at a deeper level offline, I think is a, is, is a winning solution. Uh, so learning both skills is uh, is important. But may I appreciate you. And right now, like I, uh, there's a big shift. Like we just scheduled a 40 city tour Woo. through uh, through Brazil, that's going to be happening. We're not doing all of it ourselves, but you know we're going to be at a lot of it, and our leaders are doing it. And so, depending on your country, a lot of countries right now are ready to to step back into some of the in person things. And and as you do that, you're going to see so many people coming out just for community, for touch, for hugs. Um, and so I agree. We've we've always really believed in a marriage of the two worlds. Mm-hmm. So. And again, coming back to us being very similar, like road tours is possibly one of the three reasons why my business in Kazakhstan in particular exploded. Uh, make it very easy for them to see the big dogs in the company. Uh, you know, a lot of people say, no, no, you've got to travel eight hours to come. Try and 
make that journey four hours if it make if it makes sense for you. Uh, but that that's awesome. One of my goals is to is to come speak at an event in Brazil. I always wanted to get the good old Ronaldo, hey, the proper Ronaldo. We'll, we'll set it up. We can we can bring you there now. Like we would we would love that. We would love that. We'll take Rio, São Paulo, Manaus. You you choose your city. We'll. Oh come on! Who's coming? Who's coming? This, uh, mate, I, I, I would love it. You know, uh, th th that part of the world is a place that I have yet to discover. Um, I have a lot of Portuguese friends. I know it's different, but they have their similarities in ways. And oh, yeah, we have a big team in Portugal too. And mm -hmm. so, and it's it's really there's a lot of there's a lot of cross contamination there. So <laughs> yeah, brother, they're just incredible people. So much fun, as are a lot of people from all over the world. But mate, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for your time. Massive, massive, massive congratulations for staying the course. Uh, and making it happen. I think it was Sevi Ballesteros, the famous golfer, once said that you don't make, you don't make, sorry, you make your own luck. Uh, and, you know, some people might say, oh, you got lucky. Blah, 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 blah. You make your own luck. You worked hard through it and you've got an incredible story to tell as a result. I hope that you, get you guys listening. I hope that you're inspired by Matt's story, especially if you've been going two, three, four months. Imagine if you're not Maybe not making the five grand a month for four months, but maybe you're making five hundred dollars for four, for four. Sorry, for four years, you're making five hundred dollars for four years. Where could you business? You could, your business could be at you know seven thousand, eight thousand, ten thousand in a couple of years if you dedicate yourself to it and make make magic happen. If you believe in magic, magical things happen. Uh, Matt, appreciate it, brother. Thank you so so much, and just keep rocking it. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, mate. Hey, 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 legend. Thank you so much for tuning in to the latest episode of the Network Marketing Ninja podcast. Feel free to subscribe to the channel and share it with your network marketing friends, as well as checking us out on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. I cannot wait to see you on the next episode of the Network Marketing Ninja podcast.